Not if Leipzig United need a result to get through in the Champions League. If that, is that what we're talking about? Of course not, Joe. It's the United Pogba Hour. This is the United Pogba Hour presented by the United Happy Hour. Uh, get in now. Join the conversation. I'm Pauly. I'm joined by Joe, as always. So excited to talk to you uh, because we've got RB Leipzig this afternoon coming your way in about, what, two and a half hours. We know math isn't my strong suit. Math on the fly. We don't want to do that. United need a result. Huge game. Got to advance uh, to the knockout rounds in the Champions League. Is that what we're talking about? Of course not, because different things create different th- different situations. Joe, how are we doing? I'm all right. Thank you, mate. Yeah. I, well, you said um, match this afternoon for you. It's match tonight for me, and I suppose a lot of our other viewers as well. So uh, it'd be quite nice to have the match in the afternoon, actually, because then you can use all the rest of the day to uh, drown your sorrows. By the time the game's over tonight, mate, I'll be ready to go to bed. Yeah, and it's great to actually have a football match to distract us from actual Manchester United. Oh, wait, no, wait. Is it the other way around that we could actually watch a football match? Because that's what Manchester United is. Um, We've got a big topic on on hand today. I'm sure you can guess what it is. Get involved in the comments. We love to see you there. Uh, Get involved. Join the the conversation. I do warn you, and let me apologize in advance. If you say something dumb tonight... I will call you out on it. If you want to bring something that isn't backed up, that I can easily dispute with a fact, I will call you out on it. Uh, I'm sorry. If I call you an idiot, I am not talking about you personally. I am just saying what you said was idiotic. And I apologize for that in advance. I just have a feeling uh, that we are going to disagree on some things. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about or what we're talking about right now. Joe, why don't you tell us what's going on on social media today? So what's going on social media? Unless you've been living under a rock for the last 24 hours, 36 hours, it is obviously all about Paul Pogba, Paulie, and obviously the comments from Mina Raiola, an interview that was apparently conducted a week ago, where Mina Raiola basically said, I can say it's over for Paul Pogba at Manchester United. Now, the controversy about this, Paulie, is obviously at first when this first came out, we obviously heard about this about well, yesterday, didn't we? And we wondered if, you know, this was the best timing before a game. Obviously, well, United, without doubt, probably United's biggest game of the season so far. And then, obviously, a Manchester derby to boot at the weekend. But also, um, you know, we've also found out in the last, well, in the last 12 hours, say, since probably last night, yesterday afternoon, that actually this interview was conducted last weekend. It's only just now being published, but... I think the first thing to talk about, Paulie, is the timing of it all. I mean, that is atrocious, I think, in my opinion, don't you? From what perspective? Well, from the perspective that it's just, I just find it, like, yes, the interview was obviously conducted last week, but 
why now? Like, why does this have to be said that? Especially after that, that it's almost like they've waited as well for him to have an impact on the team, to have an impact on the game. And, and then, obviously, it has more relevance because people will just be starting to think, is that goal against West Ham the kickstart that Pogba needs after, obviously, a troubling start to the season? So, I don't know. It just seems it just seems like, why now? Do they think that this, this is the highest this stock's been for a while because he scored a goal? Well, I don't understand. So there's a couple of things you said in there. One is, oh, the goal against West Ham. But you already mentioned, and, and there have been people that have been saying, oh, you know, he scores against West Ham. And as soon as he starts getting something going, he opens up his mouth again. But as you said, this interview was done a week ago and it's only coming out now. It's also one of those interviews that, um, you know, was given in a different language. So we're translating it. It could be taken out of slightly out of context so there's that angle to it too. But the big thing that you said was how it can affect the team. And this is where the fans have been up in arms about it. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't look through my mentions on Twitter this morning or all day really, because I, I put out some tweets that, and I saw the res- that I got, you know, my phone was buzzing all morning, but I was busy preparing for this show. I, I decided not to even get involved with it. But people are, you know, how does this affect the team? And I think people really overstate that angle as to how this affects the actual team. Did you watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? No, I I need to catch that. I haven't watched it yet, no. Okay, so there is an episode where they talk about Dennis Rodman and, and all of the antics that Dennis Rodman did. And Dennis Rodman was just a crazy person who, you know, he... He needed to function, and there was a, a time during one season where they let him, they said you could have, whether it was 24 hours or 48 hours or the weekend or something, you could have all that time off. You can do what you want, and he's, he's like, I'm going to go to Vegas. And at the end of the three days or what, however long they allotted for him, while the rest of the team is practicing, and there's this angle like no one's above the team, but you do have to treat players differently. And every great coach knows that, and even Sir Alex Ferguson knows that. Yeah. All right? Like – he didn't treat, uh, you know, Paul Scholes the same way that he treated Chris Eagles. And he didn't treat David Beckham the same way that he treated other people. Where Beckham got into trouble was he gave David Beckham an inch and Beckham took a mile. Yeah, Paul, there's lots of examples with Ferguson. I mean, the classic ones are also Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona was a player that he knew he couldn't rollick. He couldn't, he couldn't have a go at Eric Cantona because he would just get him sulking and he, would, he wouldn't perform for you. And then there was even things like with Cristiano Ronaldo, like we spoke about before, Cristiano lost his dad while he was at United. And just that human side to know that actually Cristiano needed to be back home with his family. And so he let him go back home. And I mean, at the time, Christi, I think it was the 05, 06 season, 06 or 07, Cristiano was just starting to come into prime Cristiano. And he was a big loss to the team. But still, Ferguson said, look, you need to go home for two or three weeks, however long you need to be with your family. And then you come back, we reintegrate you. But other other players, he probably wouldn't have allowed to eat. But that's what made Ferguson brilliant. He was just a fantastic man management, wasn't he? Right. Know, and, that's, and that's what they would – that was the – claim to fame for Phil Jackson was his ability to manage players' egos. So when Dennis Rodman came up to him in the middle of the season and said, I need to go, him, Michael Jordan, they were like, yeah, you go. And after three days, they said, be back here in three days. And three days later, he wasn't back. 
and he and and they didn't know where he was. He was missing, and they went out and they had to. They found him like in a Vegas hotel room with with hookers and and God only knows what, and they had to drag him back. And then before the finals that year, he you know there was another issue with Rodman, and he wasn't with the team, and the team knew about it. And the press went up to Phil Jackson, and this was the big takeaway that I saw in the uh, in the movie. They went up to Phil Jackson and asked if he's distracting them. And this was his response. Like, no, he's not taking our focus away from the finals. He's taking your focus away. And that I think perfectly surmises this is he is not take this interview does not take away United's focus from RB Leipzig. It's taking our focus away. Instead of sitting here and talking about how we're, how we should play this afternoon, talking about, how we played against West Ham and how we should play against RB Leipzig and, and who should start and, and what are we going to do without Marcial and Cavani? We are talking about Mino Riola making comments and people then are saying, oh, well, you know, Paul Pogba didn't do anything. Mino Riola said these things. And, you, and the obvious thing, the obvious response to that is, well, Mino works for the players. Let me tell you, we, Joe, you and I spoke to, uh, we heard from a source that is close to the club yesterday that works in the player thing. This is how Mino Rayola operates. All right. I, I have a contact that works on in the player management field. So he speaks yeah. with players and everything um, about this kind of stuff. This is how Mino operates. He, he's driving things up and he does his own thing. And sometimes he acts without the player's uh, consent or he speaks out without the player's consent. And now we know this, you know, this, I know this, the players know this. So when you hire Mino Rayola, you are essentially consenting to let him do this. That's a, that is true. Yeah. But what I want to ask you though, Paul, let me, let me go in a slightly different angle. Yes. um, You know, it might not take away the player's distraction from tonight's game. And essentially that's all that matters. But, what I also worry about is, you know, Paul Pogba, like it or not, love him or hate him, he is a great player. He's technically fantastic, probably technically one of the best players we have. He is, you know, on his day, he's an absolute superstar, Polly. What message does this send to the other big clubs, uh, the other big players in our club who, you know, have come to United to be part of a rebuild to get to help them get back to the top? And what does it say to the rest of the players around Europe and the world that United might want to sign that actually one of their biggest players, one of their biggest high-profile players, essentially doesn't want to be at this club and and doesn't see any success in the future? Because if he did, surely he wouldn't want to leave. Again, I think you're overstating this. I have spoken to players who were in the United dressing room with Paul Pogba. I used to work in sports media. I used to be in uh, professional sports locker rooms. I think I can wrap. I think there's a difference between how I I really can't overstate how much the players don't care. Okay. They know that it is that this is a business and that Rayola is doing what Rayola does. Rayola's job is to get his client the most money. That's why players love him because he's really good at his job and most players love him. The only big player to fall out with him was Lukaku. Uh, you know, most of his other clients are still with him. They love him. He's really good at his job. It's his job to get them the most money. And players 
are always sitting. They also know this is a business. Look out for, you know, everybody's kind of got to look out for themselves in a way. What they care about. And I think what I want to say, I think I can wrap my mind around this a lot more than um, fans in the UK is because this is incredibly. <laughs> Definitely me as well, mate, to be fair. This is incredibly common in, in American sports. It's very common to have a player whose contract is coming, is winding down, and you know he's not going to re-sign with you next year. You know, players have come out and said it. Oh, I, I'm happy to be here, but I want to test free agency. All right? Baseball has a Mino Rayola. His name is Scott Boris. He's the top guy. He never lets his clients sign extensions. He always says, like, we're going to sign, we're going to go into free agency and create a bidding war, and we're, we're going to go to the highest bidder. And players know that, like, you know, players know certain teams have no chance to sign these guys. They don't have the money in hockey. We have seen so many times um, players are in the midst of contract negotiations where there is a salary cap and every 0.1 million counts so much. And a team, if they devote half a million dollars too much to you, that's going to hurt in the way that they're building this team. And, and, the difference is, is they can't hide from it because after every game, the media comes into the locker room and every, and, and you know, five, six players have to speak to the media. And if, if you're the one, you know, if you scored the goal tonight, you got to, you're going to have to face the media. Whereas Pogba never talks to the media. Uh, the media speaks to them in, you know, in baseball, it's every day in hockey. It's two, three times a week in football. The manager speaks to the media, what once, twice a week. So there's no, it's, it is ever present in those dressing rooms, you know, the players come out and they, they won three nil tonight and they come into the locker room and they go, well, Chris scored, Chris scored two goals tonight, but he's in the midst of contract negotiations. He might get traded at the trade deadline. That's what they're going to talk about. You know, the players know this. Yeah. The, I mean, the other thing though, Paul, just to look at it from your side for a minute as well, that I've thought about is, you know, at what point do the players get fed up of this as well now? I mean, obviously there's been players that have been at the club for as long as Paul has, and actually that th they might be annoyed about how this is all playing out anyway. So actually the thought of losing Pogba doesn't really bother them so much. And I mean, obviously last night I was watching Monday Night Football and Jamie Carragher was talking about this. And, you know, what... Pogba and his camp, Amino, I've got to remember is, who's saying that actually Manchester United want him at the club anyway themselves? I mean, you could argue Manchester United are looking for a way to get him out as well. So it's not just him who wants to go uh, poorly. I think there's there's a case here to say that Manchester United, if they Joe, get a good offer Joe, for him... Stop right there because I'm going to answer your first question, but your second, okay, your second point, brilliant. And we're going to get to that. Let me answer the yeah. first question. When do the players care? When you stop trying, yeah, that's the like the players know it's a business. How come? All right, let's look at this. We we know Jack Grealish wants to leave Aston Villa. We know he you know he came out this summer and said I'm worried that I might be priced out of a move. Yeah, so we know his ambitions are greater than Aston Villa. Why aren't we getting stories all the time being like, well, the, the Villa players can't trust him? No, as long as Jack Grealish shows up to work every day and is putting in effort and is giving his, his effort and trying his hardest and, and committed to what he's doing. They are, they're going to back him. And that's the same thing with, with Pogba. It's all right. You may not want to play here in next season, but you're here this season. 
And as long as you are giving your all, and and we only see Pogba for however many minutes he plays during a match. All right. We do not see him when he comes into Carrington Monday morning and, and goes to work and goes to training. We don't see him on Tuesday. We can only go by what we're told. And what we're told is by there is not a single player who has ever had a bad thing to say about him. There is not a single coach who has a bad thing to say about him. There's not a single backroom staff member at Carrington who has a bad thing to say about him. There's not a single French player who has a bad thing to say about him. They all say he's a model professional. So yeah. as long as he keeps doing that and he keeps trying, his teammates are going to trust him. They're going yeah. to say, okay, you may not be here next year, but next year I want to play in the Champions League and you can help me get there. So I'm going to use that. And before we get to your question, I'm going to put up this, this question from um, Renauk. Is there need for such an interview? This isn't the first time. Here's why the interview was given. Because Mino's job is to find a move for Pogba. Like you just said, at what point does United want to get rid of him? Or, you know, who at United wants to say? We, you know, we heard from a source with, you know, close to the insides of this club that United are concerned about Pogba's ability to stay fit. We heard, we heard from this, this, he spoke to us yesterday. They're concerned about it, his ability to stay fit. Valid concern. You know, he picked up two injuries last year. Um, he might've been injured last week. He might not have been, but you know, he got off to a slow start. This valid concern. And especially because he's 27 years old, he's at the age where when you start, if you start picking up injuries at this age, they don't tend to go away. Yeah. So Pogba is looking for, I am a world-class talent. I should be paid that way. Look at the numbers when I'm in the team. Look at, you know, look at how many goals they score, which is higher when he's in the team than when he's not. And that's, you know, he's playing up all those, those angles. And United are looking at it and being like, yes, but you're getting older. All the data points to the fact that as you get older, you will not put up those numbers anymore. Your ability to stay fit is becoming concerning. And if, mm. and if you're not fit, you're not helping us. Yeah. So this is the role we see, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to extend you a four year contract, but it's going to be in this role for this amount of money. Yeah. And if Pogba and Mino look at that and go, that's not the amount of money we want. And we, that's not the role we want. That's not going to work fine. Which means my future is elsewhere. And when he goes out and, and says Pogba's future is done, that's all, you know, that, that could be what he's saying is that we have sat down to negotiations and we haven't, we, you know, United and I don't see eye to eye, which means my future is elsewhere. So United decide, okay, we can let his contract run out or we can try to, you know, try to get a fee for him. So now they're shopping him around. And I think with this, I mean, I think Aravin's put in the comments here somewhere. I've just noticed come up, Paul, about about this idea about the, the contract and the car offer them the money that he wants. I think there's so many reasons around that play. I think you're exactly right. His his fitness um, is definitely one of them. But while United will be not wanting to go to his demands, there is this argument, and I think Aravin follows that comment. Over saying post COVID and all that as well. That we know we know that that's impacted clubs financially. But also, Paulie, United have had their hands burnt too many times now with paying extortionate wages for players who essentially, 
yes, when they're on the pitch, are probably giving them something, but they're just not on the pitch enough. Or they, I mean, obviously the big example is Sanchez, not because he wasn't on the pitch enough, but because he just didn't live up to expectation. And I just think that was a watershed moment for United with Sanchez. And I think since then, they've seriously looked at their wage structure. They have a limit now, which is sensible, and, and they won't breach that for any player. And I certainly don't think for Paul Pogba, because whether you like it or you don't, and yes, you say his figures and his stats are better when, you know, the team's stats are better when he's on the pitch. He's just not been on the pitch enough poorly in the last... In the last two years. He yeah, has not. Exactly. And he has so not, and that's why they don't want to... We're not going to break that structure for you. Yeah, and that's why they and that's why they they don't want to go to the to that lens. So they're going to shop him around. And you know what? But you know what? We don't see that in the media. And you know why we don't see that in the media? Because it doesn't benefit us to put yeah. When do you slap a price tag on someone's head? Yeah. When you're trying to scare people off. Borussia yeah. Dortmund slap a 100 million pound price tag on Jaden Sancho. Aston Villa uh, you know, put 80 million pound price on Grealish's head. You you see that? You don't see United United will sell Phil Jones for $2 million. Hey, United offering Marcos Rojo for free. You don't see that because it doesn't benefit them. We always see this in, like I always say, if you don't hear news about something, that's not necessarily a bad thing because when teams are actually sitting down to negotiate, it doesn't go into the media because you get nothing out of that. It goes into the media when you're trying to make a ploy, when – United are saying, oh, we'll move, we'll move on from Sancho. Yeah, if you don't come down, we'll move on from Sancho. That's the threat. And that's when it goes to the media. When Donny van de Beek, he was linked to United on Monday. We heard nothing until a week later, done deal. Because they actually sat down and spoke to each other. Uh, you know, we didn't hear anything about Palestri or Diallo. Because it actually just happened. So when United are actually working on a deal for Pogba, it's not going to go in the media because they don't want the they don't want everybody to know. Hey, it's open season on Paul Pogba. That will lower his fee. They're yeah. trying to get the fee that they can get right now. And, so and when that's, that's another thing that Mino's trying to do, Polly, with this with this interview, he's trying to get the fee down as well. By the that's exactly it. And to to I'm answer that saying. question from from Ramkar, why is he doing this interview? Because let's say because Mino's working on he's calling clubs saying, hey, would you be interested in, in Paul Pogba? What are, you know, and, they, and, and they're probably being like, hell yeah, we would be for the right price. Okay. Well, this is, this is what we want in weight. Let's say United are going to get, or Pogba is going to get a five-year contract that over the life of that contract pays him 30 million pounds. Yeah. So that is what? Six million a year. Okay. Now let's say United want 40 million as the transfer fee. For Pogba. So the total price of this deal over the next five years for the club is now 70 million. Now let's say the club times are tough. All right. No one's making as much money as they did last year, let alone two years ago. People are more, you know, as analytics gets bigger and bigger, people are much more reluctant to pay more money for 27, 28 year old players. Let's say that the, the club says, well, we can't afford 70 million over the next five years. We can do 55. Yeah. Or we could do 50. Okay, well, you can negotiate that transfer fee with United down to 45 million. Fine. Where's the other 15 million coming from? That's going to come out of the compensation for Pogba. 
And that's not what Pogba and Rayola want. So what Rayola is trying to do is create a situation where United say, God, we just got to get rid of him, take whatever we can get. And suddenly, if you sell him for $25 million, well, you just found that $15 million. And now Pogba and Rayola can get exactly what they were, you know, it doesn't come out of their pocket. It comes out of United's pocket because and that's the game. And that's what Rayola is very good at. That's why you hire Mino Rayola. That's what he is trying to do. I'm bringing up this comment from Umkar, like, but as Grealish, he's about Grealish before. Has Grealish spoke anything after that? Pogba and his agent keeps on and on. No, Pogba's agent keeps on and on. Paul Pogba has made one comment. He said, it might be time for another challenge. Everybody's view on Paul Pogba is so skewed by his agent. Mino Rayola is a pain in the ass, and he's a pain in the ass to deal with. He doesn't care about United. He doesn't care about Juventus. He doesn't care about Real Madrid. He doesn't care about anybody besides Mino Rayola. And everybody needs to accept that. So, you know... Does he care about the timing for this? No, except for the fact that it will work in his benefit. If he puts this, this news out and it gets United fed up, then they might be willing to sell Pogba for a, a lower price, And in which case Mino and Pogba still get theirs and United get less money. And that's all Mino cares about. And again, the players know this. They know that that's what Mino is trying to do. They know there's a business side to this thing. All right? They only care as if Pogba comes into work every day and is working his butt off and is, ha you know, Pogba, all he does is smile. If he's happy to be there and he's, he's, he's not leaving because of his teammates, all right? They all get, he is still a leader in that dressing room. They all love him. And as long as they can trust that he is working to the same goal as them for this year, they aren't going to have a problem with what, anything that his agent is saying. I just think, Paulie, until whenever this ends, whenever this whole saga ends, whether it be January or the summer, we're just going to see a lot of tit for tat in the media now, aren't we? We're going to see. For sure. Oh, we've already seen a snapshot of it in the last 24 hours, Paulie, because it was reported about this interview, Pogba, so obviously that's his side with Viola. But then not long after, there was a media statement from, I think, James Ducker in the Telegraph that actually suggesting, well, don't worry, mate, because Manchester United want to renew you anyway, so it's not a problem to us. And I think we're going to see a lot of that because at the end of it, like any big deal, Paulie, the person, every every one of the parties, sorry, wants to look like they were in control of the whole situation and they got what they wanted, obviously. So when whenever Paul Pobbley's Man United, Manchester United are going to want to look make it look like it's time to come to an end with them and they were ready to move on. But Paul Pogba and Mino Raiola are going to make it, want to make it look like actually he wanted to go for a bigger challenge. So it's, you know, we're going to see a lot of this play out in the media now whenever it ends. But what makes me laugh about the media circus around it, Paulie, is, is that actually we're all sort of suggesting the media, us as fans, that we have a player and a club here at Loggerheads about wanting different things. When actually they I want the same thing to go for the same end, aren't they? You know, I mean, everybody wants the same end, and it's just playing out in a weird way, as always. Yeah, and I'm going to bring up these two comments one from Aravin. This is exactly why I think United should be prepared to let him run out his contract. I agree with that. Um, because if you let him go now, you got to replace him, and you already have a laundry list of things to replace. 
But Adija follows, will Pogba perform if he's forced to run down his contract? And that's the question. And I think that is, and I think the answer is yes, because here's the reason. Joe, you said this, I think in the group chat yesterday, Yeah, you know, we should just drop him and because we don't need to put him in the shop window. Teams know what he can do. And that, I, I that could not, in my eyes, that could not be more wrong because what, ha- you know, he is trying to persuade teams, I am still Paul Pogba. Put me in the right situation and I will perform like the Paul Pogba you expect. But you look at what's what's his recent shop window. The last year and a half, you've been injured for most of it. And you're at the age where those injuries are going to add up. And when you've been back this year, his numbers are good. But, you know, that's the side of things he'll argue. In limited minutes, my numbers are pretty good. Two goals, two assists. Um but you look at the performances and it's like you were great against West Ham. You were great against Leipzig. You were terrible against Arsenal. You were terrible in the first month of the season. That might be for a different reason, but all that comes in. So right now your chance, you know, what if natural progression of your age and everything is taking its toll and you don't perform as well as you used to this year. And then next year, you know, you do well again, but you don't perform as well, because you're 28 and your body can't do it anymore. The offers that are on the table that will be on the table when you leave United on a free, they might look awfully similar to what United is offering you right now. That's why Pogba wants, you know, that's why Rayola wants this deal done now because his client's stock is still high. And if you go to the end of things, Pogba will give 100% because he wants the best deal. So he's essentially gambling on himself. We see this in America all the time. Players don't take an extension. They want to go to free agency. It, you know, The media calls it they're betting on themselves. If I have a massive year, I'm going to get a massive contract. So it's a gamble. It could pay off well, very well for him. But um, it, it, is a, it is a big gamble. And I don't think Rayola wants to take that right now. Because you all, we also have seen in the Athletic wrote a piece about this. Um, how many players, you know, with teams in because of COVID, with teams in such financial hardships that they're just trying to get players off their books this January, especially yeah. players that are coming up to the end of their contract. Yeah. And those players, or, you know, last summer they were trying to get them off their books, and those players are now starting to be like, no, I don't want to get, so, you know, I'll, I'll sit out this season. I'll be on the bench because if I sign for free, you know, that team, if they only have 2 million to spend on me and they don't have to spend a transfer fee, I can get more in the compensation. And who do you think is behind that? The agents. And what is Rayola? An agent. Ray, Mino Rayola has clients that are pulling that same move. So he's trying to make, you know, he understands that the players are actually about to, to the, the, the dichotomy and power in the transfers and everything is going to shift. So he's trying to shift it for some of his players. And for another player, he's trying to be like, no, 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 no. You got to sell him now. You got to sell him now, take less money because this is when he's going to be at his highest value, especially, you know, if things continue to progress the way they've been progressing. Yeah. I think no, Paul, if, you know, from my side of the argument, the, the, the issue that I have with, with, with him playing and getting lots of lots of minutes is that, you know, uh, 
Well, I don't think he does anyway. I think even if this interview doesn't happen, I still think Paul Pogba's minutes are quite limited because I just think certain formations that we play, the makeup of the team just doesn't suit Paul all the time. We've seen that, to be fair. There's certain games in which, you know, he just doesn't suit. But I just think, look, at what point, Paul, if he, if he moves in the next couple of months, say in January or in the next six months in the summer, you know, United have to start preparing for that now. And, and you know, when when... You know, they have games when they want to leave out Bruno Fernandes. Why play Paul Pogba in the Bruno Fernandes role if you know that next season Paul Pogba's not going to be here? We're going to have Donny van der Beek next season. Let's see how Donny van der Beek can play as a 10. Let's see if there's anyone in, even in the academy that could get a cheeky game here and now and play him in that role instead of Paul, if you know what I mean. I don't suggest for one minute that we do this as a punishment, by the way. I don't think that we banish him to the reserves for this or anything like that. I'm not into all that. I don't agree with that. Not that narrative, but in terms of playing games and, and and trying things and planning for the future, surely you have to move now and, and try whatever else you've got in the squad, don't you? So you want to just you want to just drop him because the the notion is he's not going to be here next year. Let's get get a look at some of the players that will be. It's not so much. I feel like I'm not. I'm not a harsh person. So I feel the word dropping him is a bit sort of harsh. But I just feel like you'd rather I'm, give that playing time to somebody else. I'd rather let's see now what what some of the other players in the squad can do. I mean, having said that, you know, we have kind of had a little snapshot into what Donny can do as a ten, although very small. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. And and but I'm just wondering at what point you know do you have to say. That's fine, but we move on. I mean, we talked about in the group chat, Paulie, and, and you, you sort of came back, fair enough. We talked about Andrew Herrera as an example, didn't we? There's this notion that we did the same with Andrew Herrera when we realised he wasn't going to renew his contract. He had less game time, but then there is evidence how there says he was brought back for, for certain games. So, I don't know. What do you think, Paulie? Nobody's so, right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is, you can, if you want, to drop Pogba because all right, let's let's give Donny Van de Beek more minutes there when Bruno's out and when you know let's you know let's keep playing Fred and Matic and and McTominay because we don't want to you know Pogba doesn't care which again every every source inside the dressing room has said he is an, an utmost professional and the sto- the story that oh he doesn't that he's not the star man and he's jealous of Bruno. Bruno sat down and said, when I, my first day here, my first, I walked into Carrington, it was Paul Pogba that walked up to me and said, where do you want to live? And he took out a book and he said, house, apartment, uh, where? Uh, okay, like pick three. And then he said, tomorrow, the two of us are going to go look at these, at these houses. And he helped him settle. So yeah. the, the notion that, yeah. oh, he's mad that no, Bruno's the star I, man. I, I don't roll with that idea that he's that he's fed out and it's Bruno that's right. the main problem because that just doesn't happen. Point and plus we're playing a team sport. There, no one individual is bigger that that than the than the whole. If you know what I mean. This comment from Aravin is is basically the thing. You can't drop him. If you want to drop him, then you need to say, okay, Ollie. If if Ollie decides to drop him, you need to say, Ollie. You do that, and whatever happens, we, we're behind you. Because if Pogba gets dropped and this team isn't playing well and they start losing, whose ass is on the line? 
This is a fan base who's calling for Pogba to be dropped. But the second that Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer loses the game, whether it's to PSG or, you know, whether it's actually, you know, drop points again, you know, even if it's against the team as class as, as PSG, the second that team loses the game, they're turn on him and they, oh, well, Ollie's not the guy and he's, you know, we should, we should get rid of Ollie. So if you're Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and you're saying, well, the minimum, the minimum target of acceptance at this club is Champions League. If Paul Pogba helps me achieve that, I need to play him. And look no further than 2018-19. It pains me to say this. I hate giving the man credit. But it pains me to say this. But maybe Jose Mourinho was right. And maybe, you know, Pogba starts speaking out about a move. And Mourinho says, you're not, screw it. And he dropped him. And what happened? Mourinho was out on his ass. The club backed the player over the, over the manager. I think it's slightly and different. And that's now. Jose Mourinho. So Ali Gunnar Solskjaer has to sit here and look and say, well, they threw Mourinho on his ass. All right? Yeah. Who am I? I don't have the resume that Mourinho has. Now, there were plenty of other reasons going on, but they threw Mourinho out. When he didn't, you know, Mourinho could have used Pogba to save his job. He didn't. He made a stand. He put him on the bench and they threw him out. All right. Everybody says, well, Ferguson would never do. Yeah. Because if Ferguson lost, that was fine. Ferguson had a leg to stand on. If Fergie, if Fergie lost some games because he dropped a player, no one ran him out of town. He was going to, he knew he would be back next year. If, if Ollie drops Pogba and doesn't play him again, which, by the way, in the Premier League, Pogba's been on the pitch for more goals. They score more when Pogba's on the pitch. Um, everybody talks about Bruno Fernandez. Well, let's talk about Bruno's contributions when Pogba's on the pitch, when he's not. All right? As you can see, I put up the stats here. He's got take out the penalties with Pogba, one goal, four assists. Without Pogba, five goals, no assists. So he clearly becomes more of a goal hunter when Pogba's not on the pitch. And, and, per, and in my opinion, that's when he's a better player. So you can, it becomes now a question of which Bruno would you prefer to see the goal hunter or more of the facilitator. Um, but overall in terms of goals and assists contributions, he's getting, more, he's doing more when Pogba's on the field. And we saw that last season as well. Um, just to go, just to go back to what you were saying, though, Paulie, about when Mourinho did it with Pogba, I think it was, I think, I think it had bigger impact then because at that point United still thought Pogba was going to be this man. I think he was in our strongest eleven. I would argue now, Paulie, he's not our strongest. And, and my point is, is if he's not in our strongest eleven, the odd game that he's going to play like West Ham or whatever. So if he's not in our strongest eleven, and his, his fitness is not great, and so he's only going to say, I don't know, but let's just say he can only play one game, two games in a month from the start. That's one or two games a month, Paulie. Can someone else fill that void? This is what I'm saying. If Paul Pogba was like absolutely pivotal, pivotal to this side, and we couldn't play without him, I wouldn't dream of suggesting. But if he's going to be doing what he's been doing for the last couple of months and playing one game here or there, Paulie. Can you not? Can you not try something else now? I'm not saying he never plays again, but but look at what happened when we didn't play him. Okay, we we didn't play him against Newcastle. It's one one when we took Fred off and brought Pogba on. We won four one. 
Then we then we didn't play him against PSG, and one one, and we brought Pogba on. We win two one. We didn't play him against Chelsea. Nil nil. We brought Pogba on. Okay, this time you don't you don't get that winner. But that was you know the overall thing was we ran out of time there. He played brilliantly versus Leipzig. He didn't play well against Arsenal. Nobody did. Then we all right. He doesn't play against Everton. We gotta win. Okay. He doesn't play against West Brom. He won. Everybody hated that performance. You know, to me, I was like, this was actually not a bad performance. And this was good that we were able to play like this without Pogba. Um, he doesn't play against Istanbul. All right, we we wiped the floor with them. But Istanbul at home, we should be wiping the floor with them. You know, we, we, we ran over Europa League, plenty of Europa League teams last year, even when we weren't playing well. He doesn't play against Southampton. And we won, but, you know, we were 2-0 down. He comes on against PSG when we had 10 men, and we played great when he was on the pitch. And he played brilliantly against West Ham. And and this goes back to what – and look, that first half, the the first 30 minutes of the first half, you could read about this. um, I put up the tactical post today. The first 30 minutes against West Ham, West Ham got a chance in the first minute, and that was it. For 30 minutes, that game was boring as hell. United had all the ball. They took one shot. West Ham took zero. The next 15 minutes, West Ham just completely blitzed United because Tellez and, and Wambasaka were nowhere to be found. And United were, were certainly lucky to only be down 1-0. You bring Bruno on and, and it gets better. And this is where we go, where we go back to everything is it's not Bruno, it's not Pogba, but like they're just a better team with both of them on the pitch. And Pogba was brilliant against West Ham. So if he is playing well, um, if he's playing really well, then you want him in there. Like, let's say everybody plays up to their potential. Paul Pogba's in your best 11. And based on his... On his day, Paul Pogba is the best player we have in this. I do not dispute, but we haven't. Let's, let's not even talk about not. Let's talk about. Let's not even talk about on his day. Let's talk about on not his best. He's still in your best eleven, and I don't think Solskjaer sees it that way. I mean, he doesn't play and because poorly. and because, he's well, preferring to play McTominay and Fred in the middle of the as a double pivot, mate. And uh, right, and I and I I agreed with that at the time. We this is what we said. They had just lost six one to Tottenham. And we knew the the first thing he was going to do, get defensive, fix that defense. Also, he had to drop Pogba. Pogba was awful. He was awful at that time. But we're not talking about – right now, like, I don't think we know our best 11 because our best – you know, our best 11 – because nobody is playing up to their potential right now. Bruno has a good game. Then he has a bad game. You know, Bruno in the first half of Southampton was terrible. Then he was, then he was good in the second half. He was – Okay, not not bad, but not good against PSG. He was great against West Ham. He's yet to put two good games together. Uh, Fred has been very good. He was bad against Arsenal, bad against PSG. Uh, McTominay has some some great games, some bad games. Matic has had some really good games recently. Was really bad before that. So you can only look at how you're playing recently. And Pogba's last three games for France, the last five times he stepped on a football pitch, three three for France, one in a cameo against PSG, one against West Ham, he's played great. If that's what you're going to get from Pogba, then you play him. Because he can help you get where you need to go. If that's if you're going if you're not going to get 
that from Pog. But then it doesn't matter whether he wants to be here or not. Like, you know, you don't see Odie Nigallo playing. Odie Nigallo really wants to be here. He's not playing because he's terrible. Mm. So if if you're not going to get performances from Pogba, then you wouldn't play him anyway. And yeah. I mean, the, the West Ham example, Paulie, for me, is it's it, don't worry about that first half because I think that first half, all 11 players individually, for me, it wasn't quite right. They, they weren't quite there. And the reason I say the, about the players, Paulie, is because at halftime, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer made two substitutions, obvious two substitutions, but out of the nine players that came back out in the second half, for me, only two moved positionally, they were asked to do a positionally different job, and that was Martial and Greenwood. They were asked to come more central, right? Now, every one of those players in the second half, especially in the last half an hour, Paulie, were unbelievable, and they showed what they were capable of. And Pogba was still playing the same position he was starting the game, but Tomine was still playing. The back four was still asked to do the same job. But McTominay was not. On the pitch, right, so, that's, so that's the thing. McTominay was not. McTominay was staying very flat and next to Pogba, which was the problem that he had against Arsenal as well. He stayed right next to Fred. And that made it very difficult for United to keep possession. And, and it made it very difficult for them to build up, to build play up. There's the other issue is um, I, I don't have the picture available to pull it up, but if you look at their average positions in that game, um, Greenwood, Martial, Cavani in the first half, they're all playing central. They were all right on top of each other. It didn't look like a 4-2-3-1, but rather it looked like uh, basically like a 3-3-2-2-2. A and that was a problem. The fact that they were not, that they were all on top of each other made it very difficult. And, you know, Pog was making passes that players just, you know, then the next, the next player tries to take a touch and it's not going through. McTominay's making dumb passes. Here's the, here it is. Um, I mean, look at that. That's not spacing at all. And the reason that that's not spacing is because Greenwood's a player who likes to come into the middle. Von der Beek likes to get into the middle and move around. Martial's a player that likes to come into the middle. But what you need is you need to wait in the buildup. You need to, if you're Greenwood and Martial, you have to stay on the wings until United get the ball to the final third. Then you go to the middle. And they were all crowding each other. And they were all right on top of each other. And that was why United struggled. So then they bring in Bruno, who, by the way, none of those guys passed forward at all. Von de Beek, like, I think three of his passes were forward. Yeah. So then they bring in Bruno, who actually looks to pass forward. They, they move Greenwood off the wing. They got their spacing much better. Rashford hung out on the, on the left touch line. And, and there became room to move in behind. But Pogba himself was brilliant for 90 minutes. Um, but the issue was, is what I called it. And if you read the tactile piece, I, I really focus on this was this was a rotated side because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can't look at West Ham and say, what's my best 11 to, to beat West Ham. Yeah. He's got to look at, yeah. I've got West Ham. Then I've got a massive game on Tuesday against Leipzig. And then I got the Derby the next week. I got to get Rashford and, and Bruno Fernandez some rest. So he, he brings in players that, on this, it was a very idealistic 11. He brings yeah. in players like Cavani and Martial and Greenwood and Van de Beek, who all of them are very good, high quality players. They all have great qualities about them. That doesn't necessarily mean that they work together. And maybe they will give in time, but this is the first time, you know, that's been the front four. And typically, when Green, uh, you know, 
when Greenwood plays and he comes off the right, now you need Juan Bissaka to push up and, and be there. You need someone to fall back and, and give you that back three. United always have a back three when they have the ball. It, sometimes it's Matic falling in there. Sometimes McTominay falls into right center back. Sometimes it's Juan Bissaka just doesn't push up. Usually, uh, I believe, you know, for the first time since Boxing Day, Mason Greenwood started the match where Nemanja Matic was not starting. So yeah. usually it's Matic who falls into that back three, and that allows Juan Bissaka to push up and cover that flank for Greenwood. Yeah, but you but, didn't have that. But in the second half, McTominay started falling back into the back three, and he started playing as a right center back, which gave Pogba more space. So they made they made adjustments, and it wasn't just two players that that changed things, and they shored everything everything up. But if the the, the overall point is, if that's what Paul Pogba is going to give you. Your, you know, your, your end goal is qualify for the Champions League. Win, you know, try to win the Champions League. Try to win the Cups. Try to get, you know, you know what? They're five points off the top. Like, if you could find some consistency, you're right in the thick of a title race. So you're going to, if, if Paul Pogba can help you win that, then it's a no-brainer to play him. Yeah, I guess I I just think, I, I mean, I'm looking at it from the fact that the role that he's had since the start of the season and, and how fleetingly we've seen him, you just think, well, could someone else not do that? But then again... But, that, but, like, but that's the thing is, West Brom, we couldn't score. You know, yeah. it took us a penalty. Chelsea, we couldn't score. Um, you know, we had a great game against Everton. Uh, PSG, we, we, actually, we, we created a lot, but we didn't finish. So you know, it, it, we need everybody. And actually, it, you know, this idea that he's obviously come on for the last 20 minutes and he's looked good, that's not just a given. We shouldn't take that for granted, I suppose. I mean, that is not all players can come off the bench and have an impact. And arguably, that's when he's been at his best this season, is when he's come on for those final moments in games, when teams are tiring, when uh, mentally and physically, and uh, and he, he's done things. Paulie, we, we, but, we start- but if that's the if that's the if that's the role you're gonna play him in, sure, play him in that, but that still means you're playing him. Yeah, you know yeah. there are there are many there are many people out there that are saying, oh, he shouldn't play again for United. Like, get out of here! Uh, look, it, you're 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 100 right, Joe. If his best role is coming off the bench as an impact sub, then you play him off the bench as an impact sub. You play him as a rotational piece. Um, that's that's fine. There's this other notion. And before I, I see your comments, guys, and, and you have great questions, and I want to get to them. If United do do that, Paulie, does it put them in a weaker position when they want to sell him because he's not going to look as important to the team and the club? No, because uh, because that's what Rayola does very well. Is you look at him right now? I mean, his is uh, per ninety stats, or like he's got like a more than it's like a goal contribution every other game or something. His per ninety. His stats look really good. Two goals, two assists already in not a lot of minutes. All right. Then, then they'll look at, oh, look at what happened when he came on against Newcastle. All right. Like that changed the game. We scored three goals. We won four. You know, we turned a, a dominant, but not getting anything out of this game into a comfortable result. You look at PSG. Oh, he came on and changed the game. So if, if he's coming on and changing the game, then yeah, like that's, that's where they'll argue, they'll argue to it. And they'll, they'll also argue, you know, look at what he did against Leipzig. Look at what he did against West Ham. That's, what, that's why you hire an agent, because 
this is what used to happen is the club would say exactly what you just said is a player would sit down and the club would be like, here's your new contract. And they'd be like, player would be like, I deserve more than this. And the club would be like, no, you don't even start anymore. You're, you're clearly not as important to the team. So you hire an agent who presents the other side of the argument and says, no, no, he's worth more. I just yeah, wanted I, to. I think the biggest curiosity, we've had a couple of comments asking us about this, Paul, about tonight now, because it's really thrown everything into that tonight. Because yeah, I, I'm going to get to that in a second. Yeah, the okay, carry on, sorry. Was, was maybe not so much the timing of this, but the fact this news, and I'm putting that in quotes, the news, because if you think that this is news to Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer or anybody, you've got another thing. Co- like, I mean, your intellect level is, is, is being questioned because let's, let's talk, let's call a spade a spade here. I reckon Jose Mourinho could have told you this. Right. Or how everyone claims that Pogba has wanted to leave for two years. So if that's the case, if, if, if I know that, I don't know that. I believe that. And it's probably true. You know, you're not going to argue with me if I say that. You probably believe that too. But if, if, you, if you believe that, and there's like a 95, 96% chance it's true. If that is true, and we know that, you, don't you think that the people uh, who, who go to work with him every day and talk to him every day know that too? You don't think he's spoken about, uh, spoken about that with Solskjaer? who, you know, he's very open with, you know, my future might be elsewhere. Or just the fact that let's let's take what we were talking about before, how United offer him a contract and say, this is the role that we see you in. And this is the, the contract that, you know, and this is the amount of money that we see you making. And Pogba and Rayo will say, no, you know, Ed Woodward or whoever's handling that negotiation is in their next meeting with Solskjaer are going to be, hey, we offered Pogba a contract. He's he said no. What's your next move? And and Solskjaer could could say he's really important to the team. We sh- we got to offer him more. Or Solskjaer could say okay, like let's plan on, you know, Solskjaer could say all right, let's let's hold on to him until next year. Let's run out his contract. Or Solskjaer could say, and and then the team might be like, well, we want to get a fee, and and they could have it out and and pros cons of both and come to a decision there. Or Solskjaer might say, let's sell him at, as soon as we can. And let's prepare for life without. So like, so all these things, this is what a manager has to deal with. So Solskjaer has been dealing with this. The fact that now his agent comes out and says, oh, his future is elsewhere. That's not news to Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. And furthermore, as you said at the top of the show, this interview was given a week ago. It only got published today. I am not suggesting that this happened, but I'm also not suggesting that it hasn't. We don't know. But there is a chance that Pogba could have gone to Solskjaer and told him. Mino gave an interview. This is what he said. And then, so, oh, okay. Thanks for telling me. Like, again, I've already called in the question the injury he had last week or when he got dropped for three games and McTominay got dropped for two games. And I was like, they'll both be there. McTominay is going to be in the starting 11 for PSG. Um, We're trying to keep them fresh. We're trying to bleed him back in. You know, the fact that Bruno was flying and the team was winning while Pogba was out made it very easy to integrate him back in because the story wasn't about Pogba. And of course, now it's about Pogba again. Maybe maybe that had something to do with it. And, you know, 
Solskjaer is long-term planning here, but again, you know, you want to be in the Champions League next year. And if Pogba is the one that helps you get to the to the Champions League next year, you play him. Yeah, I just uh, the, the the thing for me, Paul, is the biggest circus around all this story is about to happen in about half an hour's time, I would imagine, when the teams are announced. Because what we don't know now, Paulie, is was he going to start today before? If he doesn't start, everyone's going to say, oh, it's because of this interview. But there may have been a great big plan that he was never going to start his game anyway. Probably unlikely, because actually he played in the first game, I think, didn't he, against Leipzig, and he was very good. So I think, you know, but then Ollie's played him on on Saturday and you think Saturday, Tuesday for somebody who's not been fit would be a bit much. So I don't really know what Ollie's plan here is, Polly. What do you think? Next half an hour is going to be interesting. I, I think he starts. Uh, you also have to look at the fact that Fred's not playing. Fred can't play. Um, you're missing Marcial Cavani. So there's, you know, I don't, people are saying, oh, Luke Shaw will play. Like, since when is Luke Shaw fit? Um I would have I would have thought that the plan would have been something similar. People always say, "Oh, it's it, it's this thing that makes me laugh about him and Lindelof. Oh, the English game doesn't suit them. The English, you know, and they're struggling in the Premier League because the English game it, it doesn't really suit them." Okay, well now you're playing in Europe, so if that's you know if that's going to suit them, then play them there. Um, yeah. I think that they that they that they go to pack the middle, and I just you know what are you going to do? You're going to go with a four two three one with McTominay and Matic, how like you get the ball up? All right, so finally you get the ball up to Bruno. Who's up there? You know who's up there? You have Rashford coming off the left. I guess Mason down the middle, maybe, or maybe they're playing Rashford down the middle with like Mata and Jane. You know, you want to go? You want to go with a back three and put Greenwood and and Rashford up top? Like the back three doesn't create anything. So and and then you're just sitting there trying to absorb everything, or do you go? to that diamond that worked fairly decently against, against them. Again, you have the same problem with Greenwood and Rashford um, with Greenwood as split strikers. To be fair, I think they would work a lot better if they just switched sides. It's actually funny that like Mason Greenwood's not a winger, but he is far better off the left wing um, off the, off the left wing than off the right wing. And if you want that hold up play in the passing that you'll need, maybe it's better to, to, to switch sides. But I think you just you want that extra midfielder in there. Okay, Polly, if he doesn't start tonight, is was it the plan all along, or is it because of this interview? Let's keep it on Paul Pop. If he doesn't start tonight, is it because of the interview, or is it because he probably wasn't the grand plan was not to play him in this game anyway? If they're going with a back three, then it's here's the thing. If they're going with the back three, it has nothing to do with the interview because that's the ultimate thing is, and this is what we've seen a lot is when United prepare for a game, a certain way, they don't want to deviate from that. Even when they get an injury, that's why they prepared with the back three of Lindelof, Maguire, Twanzebi to face Liverpool last year. And then Twanzebi pulled up in the warm up, So they, they just said, all right, Marcos, Marcos Rojo, you got to play because it was easier to plug a player in and hope for the best there. It ended up costing them a point but or two points. It's easier to do that than to say, all right, everybody, this was your role. This was your thing. And this was how we're going to play. And now come into the dressing room and be like, we're not playing like that. So United, yeah. like when this news broke, United were already on the plane for Germany. 
So they've already prepared and everything. So if, if you come out with a formation that makes a lot of sense for Pogba to be in there and he's not, then, you know, and, and you see like Donny Van de Beek is playing a square peg in a round hole. Then it's like, all right, he got benched because of, because of yeah. this interview. Um, yeah. If he didn't, you know, if, if it's like a back three where it's Matic and, and McTominay and, you know, somewhere where it was like, oh, well, where would Pogba fit? You know, right where Bruno is, et cetera, or McTominay. And like, you know, I don't think you want Pogba there in, 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 in place of McTominay for this kind of game. Then it's, that was the plan. Yep. I, I just, it makes no sense. Like people are so quick to blame Pogba for this. Again, this was his agent. And, you know, we got a comment from Umkar here. Like, it's his buddy agent put a leash on him. That's not how it works with Mino Rayola. First of all, like we said this at the top of the show, Mino goes rogue a lot. Mino shouldn't be able to say things if Paul didn't want him to say it, Paul. But but the thing is, the thing is, Paul does want him to. Because, and Paul doesn't want him disrespecting United. And again, we don't know exactly what he said because it's translation. And all he said was his his career, like, you know, his, his time at United or his future isn't with United, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's all variation of that. He did not say, you know, Paul hates it at Manchester United and all he wants to do is leave. It, there is a difference because United want to move on from him too. They don't see eye to eye. So Pogba wants, get me a move that's going to make me the most money. So he's not going to put a leash on his on his agent because his agent is trying to get him that move. The timing of it is not Pogba's fault. I don't know who's maybe uh, maybe Mino Raiola gave this interview last week and said, "Oh, don't release it until Monday." I don't know why he would do that. Perhaps the outlet that he gave the media to, maybe it was their call, maybe it was Mino's call. I don't know. It makes no sense why Mino would say no and and be like, "Oh, I know my client's going to score against West Ham." Like you don't know that. So the, the outlet is the media outlet that gave that pr- published the interview is probably the, the one who decided on the timing and the timing looks, looks poor because, but mostly because he scored against West Ham and he played great. Like, you know, no, you know, that was the, the no, that was the knock that so many fans gave was, Oh, as soon as Paul has one good game and he's smiling, um, you know, his agent starts speaking and his agent spoke a week ago, but yes, his agent is trying it, his agent, if he's trying to get him a move, it's smart to speak now because he's trying to strike while the iron is hot. He is trying to get Real Madrid to come in and say, oh, well, if the if the price falls to this, um, we'll be in. Or yeah. you look at a team like everybody says he'd be a great fit at Bayern Munich. And he would be. He'd fit that team very well. He'd dominate. He'd be very good in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich do not pay transfer fees. They don't pay high transfer yeah, fees. They, yeah. they spend money on wages. But if Rayola can knock that transfer fee down, if Rayola can, can, can create a situation that um, can create a situation that lowers that United are like, we got to sell whatever the cost. And suddenly that's a very low transfer fee. Bayern might be like, huh, you know what? The risk here is much lower. So let's, let's, let's move in here. And that, that opens up another door. Yeah. Now all of a sudden there's more, like, again, We've all said he's wanted to leave for two years and people have said they should have sold him two years ago. That requires a buyer. They didn't get any bids for him. The yeah. only thing they got was James Rodriguez and 30 million pounds from Real Madrid. And it was not even a, not an official. They, no one came buying. So Mino's job as an agent is 
to drum up interest and find him a suitor. And, you know, it's, it's really annoying because it dominates the media and it drives fans nuts. But again, in the dressing room, I have spoken to players that have been in Paul Pogba's dressing room. I have spoken to players in two other sports and all three of them have the same notion is it's part of the business. They don't care. As long as that player is giving his effort for the team, you know, we go, we have a game tonight. If I can count on you to give a hundred percent tonight, they don't care. This it goes back to Phil Jackson. This is not a distraction for us. It's a distraction for you. Right, Paulie, look, time is getting on top of it. We are going to finish up here. I just want to say there has been a few people talking about if Pogba goes, what do we do to replace him? I do think the plan for Red Devils talk tomorrow night is to talk about Paul Pogba's future a little bit more and think about the future and who maybe comes in to re replace him, how we reinvest that money, the wages, etc. So we haven't talked too much about that tonight. Do tune in tomorrow to Red Devils talk. I think it's 8 p.m., um, keep your eye on Twitter for when that will be coming out. That will be great to watch. Paulie, I just want to ask you one last question. There is there is some talk actually just coming through now. Some sources, which I'm always sceptical about sources about team news, are suggesting that Pogba won't start tonight. Just moving this forward, Paulie, one last quick question. If he leaves in January or he leaves in summer, it looks like he's going to leave now. It's inevitable. Are Manchester United a worse team for that? Or do you think that actually it's got to a stage where it will do them good now to sort of say, look, we need to part ways. We need to go our separate ways and reinvest that money sensibly in other areas of the team or on a direct replacement. You know, let's talk about when he eventually goes now because it seems inevitable. Are Manchester United a worse team because of that? They're going in the right direction. They had two good games without him. They're going, and that's good, but it's two games. They're going in the right direction. They are they are better off. There's just so much circus around Pogba, and he's never going to win the fans over, that it's just not worth it. So it is best for all parties for him to leave. And yep. for them, but they will have to replace him. You know, they, they lack a ball progressor in midfield. You you know, we, we showed you the numbers, how much better Bruno Fernandes is when, when Pogba's on the pitch because he can get him the ball. Yeah. And they need someone to do how much better United are when the two of them are on the pitch. Yeah, They need someone who can get him the ball. And Donny van de Beek is not that guy. Maybe he will be, but he isn't. Donny van de Beek, the last two games where he started in the midfield pivot, had a higher percentage of, had the lowest percentage of forward passes of any United midfielder in the last two years. So he's not someone that gets the ball and only looks to go forward. Who's you know he's more of a possession. He plays safer than McTominay. He plays safer yeah. than Matic. He has the passing ability to do it, but he's not showing it yet. And maybe that comes. You know he's only been here for fourteen games or something. He's only been here for a few months. So that we're not closing the book on him. There's he's a great player. Maybe that comes, but right now he is not the like for like replacement for Pogba that maybe you want him to be. So they do need to invest in in someone new. Get someone younger. And they can be very good, but they all you also can't take make sure that it takes away from something else. Like this team still doesn't have a right wing. And if you bring if you bring in a replacement who say costs a lot of money, and you and that comes at the expense of not fixing the black hole that is right wing, then you're gonna have the same situation as you had when Paul Pogba arrived. Is he's not going to put up the numbers that he 
that you expected from him. He's not going to have the impact you expected from him because you couldn't address the other needs in the team. So it, it's a lot of difficult questions to ask. Um, when it comes to the team news, I don't listen to any leaks or anything because most of the time they're wrong. I could care less about them. Um, oh, right now, it, it, real, I, the, the big point is like players do not care about this. And the, to say that Paul Pogba wants to leave is not news to anyone in that dressing room. And if you suggest that, that this caught Solskjaer by surprise, that's ridiculous. No. He has been planning about it. I wouldn't think that this influenced his, his starting 11 in any way, shape, or form because, again, they prepared a certain way for yeah. this game. And if he didn't play, um, you know, I'd, I'd more likely think that it, it influences his selection against City or Sheffield United next week than it would influence this game. Yeah. No, absolutely spot on, Polly. Look, we better wrap it up there. Again, thank you for listening. We've had some fantastic comments, loads of comments in here. You guys have been chatting amongst yourself at all, which is great to see. Like I said, do give this video a like and subscribe to the channel if you've enjoyed today's show. And also, like I said, do watch out for Red Devils Talk tomorrow where we'll continue the chat about this. We'll be looking at the fallout from the RB Leipzig game. Let's hope, Paulie, that the boys get the job done, whatever the team tonight, and we're into the last 16 of the Champions League. And we can shelve it until whenever Joe, it comes back. Let me, let me present you the scenario. Pog was on the bench tonight. 85 minutes of this match go by. United, they're playing like crap. 1-0 to Leipzig. Pogba yeah. comes off the bench, scores an injury time equalizer. United go to the next to the knockout rounds. How does everybody feel about that? Then he plays every game poorly, like I just told you. <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm there you go. <laughs> see you at the happy hour. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. Thank you.